Hey there, Joshua here. I'm just getting back home from my interview with Allie. Uh, Laura Grayson recommended Allie. They are co-workers over at Roughwear, so um, I met Allie as she was finishing up her work day and um, we interviewed in one of the uh, meeting rooms over there and had a really wonderful chat. Um, this past weekend I've I spent some time doing some deep thinking and um, I think a few of the missing puzzle pieces are starting to come together and so this was the first interview since that and um, it went really well. I uh, asked some questions that were on my mind and um, pushed a little harder than I have been. And um, Allie was a great sport and a willing participant and uh, yeah, what you hear below or, or read uh, below um, is a lot of that conversation that we had and uh, a lot of that um, vulnerability and sincerity and just uh, open heart to heart. So um, my pleasure to introduce you to Allie and I'll let her do the talking from here. Thanks a lot. Here we are. How old are you for the record? 35. Great. Uh, who are you and how would you describe yourself? Oh, great starting question. Um, so my name's Allie Miles. I've been living in Bend for just over 10 years. Um, I would describe myself as someone who is very driven um, and passionate and um, I love connecting with people and connecting, bringing people together. Um, but at the same time, I'm an introvert, so that's kind of a weird mix, maybe. But um, yeah, I, I, I enjoy and pr appreciate connections, um, but I, I wouldn't want to go to like a social gathering or, or a networking event or something like that. That would make me cringe. Okay. <laughs> Cool. Uh, we just dive right in now after the softball first. Okay. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> what concerns you uh, regarding uh, humanity and our interactions? Like what breaks your heart or makes you sad? And, and I want you to tell me something that affects you personally. Mm -hmm. And then what motivates you to do something about that? Um, the things that heartbreak me um, are this just what I perceive as senseless violence. Um, uh, yeah, it, no, it's not even what I perceive it. It's senseless violence. Um, the shootings, the war, the news in, of Sudan, um, the news of a woman being shot in the stomach five times and then charged with homicide um, of, for her lost baby. Um, yeah, those kinds of extreme acts of violence all over the world um, break my heart and, and the school shootings in particular um, just bring me to tears. Um, I went to Virginia Tech and I wasn't there when that shooting happened, but I had graduated just before. Um, and so that that one in particular hits close to home for me and for that event in particular I think about a place where I spent four years of my my early 20s um, I absolutely loved it I loved the people I loved the 
university, the culture, the community, and then to see such awful violence um, was just, it was devastating and it was heart-wrenching. And I think that every time I hear about something like that in the news or I read about something like that, it just um, kind of all resurfaces and it just, it just breaks my heart. Um, and what motivates me to act, um, I would say I'm motivated when I believe I can make a difference and I can have an impact. If I don't think that my voice will be heard or my action will be felt, then I'm not as inclined. But And sometimes I do it anyway. I'll make the phone call, send the letter, that sort of thing. But um, I look to our local community um, as a place to make a difference as opposed to like trying to make an impact on a national or global scale where I feel like I probably just get lost. Um, but yeah, when I, when I think that my action can actually make an impact, then I'm, I feel way more driven and motivated to get involved. Mm -hmm. Do you think there's, um, I don't, yeah, do you think there's like progress being made on, on that particular issue? I mean, I guess if, even if we just wanted to talk about the mass uh, shooting aspect mm. of what you were talking about. Um, and like, what is that? I guess like, depending on your answer, like what, what does that make you feel? And, yeah. and how does it affect you as you like make your way through your day? Yeah. Um, I don't really think that progress is being made. I, I think it's great that young people are much more vocal about it than they've been in the past. Um, and I'm inspired by that and that makes me feel hopeful. Um, I don't really have any hope among our politicians in government. Um, as far as my day-to-day, -day, and I can expand on that more if you want, I don't know if... Yeah, you do, do, um, what, you, do what you feel. Yeah, I guess, I guess the short answer is no. Um, I don't feel that progress is being made, but I'm hopeful that it's possible um, as young people come of age with voting and hopefully younger people coming into politics. And I don't know if that's even the answer, but it seems like that's where we have potential. I mean, that's where we pass laws. So it seems like the obvious route to change. Um, and then in my day-to-day -day life, the way that it impacts me is um, I don't particularly feel safe not in like a I'm living in fear kind of thing, but um, we've, you know, at, at my office, we've, we've had, our doors are unlocked during the day and we've had random people walk in and we kind of look at each other and are, are like, that could be, that person could come in and shoot us all. 
and we have no way to stop them. We don't have any sort of protocol or security other than the doors lock at night or after five. Um, and that kind of freaks me out, even though I wouldn't say it, it impacts me on like a, a constant daily basis, but it's definitely something that crosses my mind. And same thing with um, just public places. I don't really go to shopping malls, but you know, concerts, just the f knowing that that is a possibility um, is always somewhere in the back of my mind. And that's horrible. That's a horrible way for all of us to live. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, so like what interests me about this topic and like many, <clears throat> many others, uh, is like, I'm all for like changing the law, I guess. I'm not opposed to the law changing to like make things like that more difficult to accomplish. But I think like the easier way to like resolve the issue is to just like communicate to people in an effective way that like what they're doing is like unnecessary. Um, it's unproductive. Yeah. Um, it's, it's the, so like, what's your take on like why, you know, and, and like, yeah, it's just, is about this particular gun issue, but I think it's like about so many other things. So like, why, what's, what, what why do you think people are resorting to things like this? Do you ever think about that? Do you have yeah. some underlying frustration? Yeah, I mean, that's a really good point because it's so much more than just a gun law. I mean, I think that that, it's easy for the conversation to go to that, but it's like, what is wrong with our culture that this is even a thing? Mm -hmm. And I absolutely think about that. I mean, I, I trail run and um, this is just one example. And sometimes I get pissed at mountain bikers that don't yield. <laughs> Um, and they're, they're supposed to yield to hikers and runners and they don't and normally it's fine but sometimes it's frustrating or annoying when I have to keep jumping off the trail after like mountain biker and mountain biker and mountain biker and instead of saying hey mountain biker just you know just so you know I have the right of way or whatever the, there's a thought in my head that's like what if they shoot me <laughs> And that's just a mountain bike, like that's just a, a random example, but that thoughts in my head, it's like the road rage thing. Like I have to keep my mouth shut because I don't know who this person is and they might shoot me or they might, who knows what they're gonna do. Um, and that's, that's a reflection of our culture mm -hmm. that, that we're all living in and um, and you never know because stuff like that does happen and it's easy to kind of brush it aside and say, well, I'm sure that wouldn't happen to me, but then it, then you hear about it happening and then it's like, what is wrong mm -hmm. with us? And I don't know, I mean, I, I could go on and on and on about what I see as problems with our society mm -hmm. um, that could all contribute to the state of anger and violence that we live in um and i don't i mean i think that people are not present they're 
rushing, they're busy, they're stressed out, they're overwhelmed, they're angry, they're spending too much time on computer screens, um, and then, you know, on and on and on, who knows what else that's mm -hmm. the undiagnosed mental health issues caused by war, trauma, it's just not dealt with, all of those things. Mm -hmm. So, uh, what do people mean to you as you make your way, as, uh, like, what is that? What does that individual mountain biker mean to you on the trail or what do your running friends mean to you or your coworkers or the people at the bank or the grocery store? You know, um, yeah, like what do we mean to each other? Yeah, I think that it's so easy to be wrapped up in our own worlds and be oblivious to our surroundings, including the people that we interact with and impact um, and it's really hard to know how we're impacting people in our daily interactions um, and it's easy to when you don't know someone or you're just kind of in your own world say I'm running down the trail and a mountain biker goes the other way it's easy to not even look at them not acknowledge them and then who cares what happens to them or who they are? But I find that when you, one, acknowledge somebody, um, really acknowledge them, look at them in the eye, say hello, observe them, then you're just a little bit more connected and then they're another human and they're just like you. Um, I think of the grocery store too as another place where you know everyone's kind of rushing a lot of times you just kind of want to get your stuff and, and go to the shortest line and get out of there and I've had some pretty incredible experiences in the grocery store I had a woman in line ahead of me that I, I can walk to the grocery store in my neighborhood and sometimes I walk down there in the morning and forget my wallet. It's happened like once or twice. And one morning I was in there, I was, I'd waited in line behind this other woman and I was going through the checkout and then realized, oh my gosh, I don't have my wallet. And so I told the cashier, like, I'm just two blocks away. If I can just run home, I'll go grab my wallet. And the woman in front of me said, let me get your groceries for you. And I was just blown away and I was like, no way, of course not. Like, no, you can't do that. But I was just so incredibly moved um, by the gesture. Um, and, you know, we can't, we can't all turn to the person behind us in line and pay for their groceries. But it was just, that impacted me in a really positive way. Mm. Um, and, and when I came back, to the to the line and I ran home and got my wallet and came back and um, I made some comment about you know it's just one of those days I probably need more coffee and the cashier said uh, the checkout clerk said go grab a cup on us because they had the little coffee pump and 
again, I was like, it was one of those positive experiences of like, where, where am I and what is happening? This is amazing. This is how the world should be. Mm. But instead we're like honking our horns and flipping each other off and tailgating each other. And those are all driving examples. But um, yeah, I think that just showing a little bit of kindness um, and just acknowledging somebody, giving them a smile just taking a moment and I think when you do those kinds of things or when someone does those kinds of things to you it brings you into that present moment and you're actually having an interaction and a connection with somebody and it's incredibly powerful and it's so it's it's such a positive experience versus you know somebody that's annoying you when you're driving or whatever and and it's easy to just think of them as like this other being that you know is a total asshole or something it's easy to dismiss people that way or dehumanize them mm -hmm. when you're not having an actual interaction with them mm. going out from that individual to individual experience what does community mean to you and what does it mean to be part of one like I so I'm not talking about a geographic location but mm -hmm. the community of humanity or like all beings on earth and um, what does it mean to be part of one with so much disparity inequality uh, you know disagreement yeah um, I think it starts with showing up and that means, again, being present, paying attention, listening to people, um, acknowledging them as fellow humans. Um, and I think that when you, when you're doing those things, when you're paying attention and you're listening to people you're you're already engaged to a degree you're not it's you know you can't stick your head in the sand when you know somebody you care about's hurting or it's a lot harder to do um, I think it means slowing down a little bit and taking the time to actually listen um, I think that that's just something we don't do enough of. As far as, as far as a broader community, I mean, caring, getting involved when, and I, you know, it all ties together. If you, if you're awake, and you're present and you're paying attention to people and you're listening to what they have to say, it's impossible not to care. And if you don't care, if you do care, then it's impossible not to become involved and try to make things better. I think that for most of us, that's in our nature. Um, and 
I feel a sense of community when people come together and they show each other that they care in whatever way that that could be um, just being there mm-hmm. um, and acknowledging that we are all part of this humanity and and that we are equal we're we're all equal as humans and we come from different places and we don't have to agree on everything we don't have to have the same perspective it's not in our interest to have the same perspective um and that all of those things that make us different are a good thing um and that when we come together and acknowledge and accept the things that make us different without dehumanizing each other that is community to me I've been running into um, a lot of this, and it's it's been happening out here um, in Bend more than I've ever experienced it. But there's this um, there's this common theme of like the the um, you got to take care of yourself first. Um, which I understand the basic premise of. I, I, I would even be willing to say that like, I agree with the basic premise of it, but out here it seems to have gotten pretty polluted, um, where people don't even, I've been told this like many times, like, oh, I, I stopped listening to the news because I just like, don't want to be bummed out or I, I don't want to be informed in that way. Um, and I worked really hard, so now I'm just, enjoying it or whatever it may be out here there's a lot of it's just kind of the $10,000 mountain bikes and and $2,000 paddle boards and like $100,000 adventure rigs and stuff going Mm -hmm. on and and for some reason like healthy lifestyle has has seemed to come at the cost of like relationship and community Mm -hmm. and I think we're even a little bit confused that we think like going to the outdoor free concert and like buying all the beer and like dancing to like fish cover bands like is community um, and like th- this is all pretty like directed <laughs> at, at this particular local scene but I think like there's examples of this that might look a little bit different like in any town mm-hmm. and I guess like um, you know taking care of yourself is really important right you gotta like be on top of your health and and you gotta try to, to find ways to like have some some mental peace mm-hmm. and um, you need to have good relationships and like all these things I, I would agree with but often I find like that it's just like it seems like people are maybe chasing like the the end of that like the the total culmination of now I've achieved health and wellness and wealth and then I'm capable to help others but like you I don't think anybody's ever reached that mm-hmm. like I don't think that's an attainable goal because as we 
grow, we, we discover more issues and more challenges and more problems in our own life, and mm-hmm. or maybe we get bigger desires or more expensive desires. Or so, like, you have any thoughts on as to like why there's a, a kind of a general resorting to um, what looks like apathy to me uh, in this chase for like personal contentment mm-hmm. yeah and I want and I don't know I've heard um, the same sentiment that you have to take care of yourself before you can take care of somebody else you have to love yourself before you can love somebody else and I do also agree with that basic sentiment I don't know if that's the same I feel like that's separate than this kind of chasing health but I see what you're saying. Mm. Um, and I think that there can be this um, health and wellness as kind of a status symbol or a social media thing, um, which is kind of the same thing. Um, and that's to me is more about vanity than actually true health. I think that people who are seeking, and I don't know, I could be totally wrong, but to me, people that are seeking a holistic, healthy life, which means, you know, healthy mind, healthy mind, body, spirit, are probably, I would think, less likely to be apathetic than people who are chasing health for the $10,000, you know, an excuse for the $10,000 mountain bike or the $2,000 paddleboard um, or the six-pack abs on Instagram or whatever it is. And and I can see the apathy there. And I've also heard a lot of people, um, including my family members, say, you know, I don't listen to the news anymore. I can't, I can't deal with it. And, and I can understand that, but I disagree. I think that we have a responsibility to listen to the news and not just passively. I think we have a responsibility to be informed and um, to inform ourselves in a well-rounded way um, not just, you know, I listen to NPR every morning and, and I trust NPR, but, um, I don't rely on it solely as my sole news source because I don't think that they're, they're not going to catch everything or some things might still seem skewed. I think they try to be fairly balanced, but, um, yeah, I mean, that's just, it's just me, but I. We can't afford to be passive, and apathetic. Um, and be angry, at how things are. I think a lot of people are that way, um, and I don't know how to shake them out of it. Um, and I agree that going to a music festival with free beer is not community. <laughs> um, and that's just sort of, again, 
kind of passively moving through things instead of actually being engaged. And um, I think that recognizing, you know, it's a totally fine to go to music festivals and drink free beer and have a great time, but also recognizing that that's not making the world a better place. Mm -hmm. And we all have our responsibility um, to do what we can because nobody can just change the world and make it better on their own. But we can all do a little bit. I really believe that. Um, and we have to. Which, and I don't, I don't know if I believe that that's actually possible or that it will happen, but I think that we have to all keep trying and encouraging each other to. And um, I don't know how we steer our culture away from the vanity and the status symbols. I, I don't, it seems like that's something we've always had in one form or another. Um, and there are voices out there that say that stuff is meaningless, that stuff doesn't equal a happy life or a healthy life and maybe um, by sharing the stories and spreading those ideas is, is one way. Um, but there's always gonna be the, those people that drive Hummers and, <laughs> and roll coal <laughs> and you know put bumper stickers on their car that say I hate Priuses and, and stuff and I don't know how we counter that other than just yeah. trying to keep countering it. Yeah. <laughs> what, uh, what if it, what if it was possible to uh, change the world like for the better or at least make some like substantial changes like in mass mm -hmm. um, what do you think it would take for you personally to like buy in or to like believe it or have that hope or like uh have get that contagion or whatever can you even like name it um i mean i think it would have to be a grassroots movement i don't think it's something that's going to come down from a celebrity or a politician or something like that. Um, but I don't know, I mean, you know, maybe a, maybe a grassroots counterculture that, that, that type of thing exists, but it's in little pockets. And if that could become a broader movement. I don't know, maybe something like that. Um, I think I would become hopeful when I when I saw something like that, like a a broader mass movement of people saying, 
we're not we're not satisfied with how things are and we want it to be different yeah. and here's what we're doing or just doing it not even saying here's what we're doing uh-huh. um, and I don't know how that would come about <laughs> yeah I'm just like you're the first person I've asked but I'm going to start taking a poll I think okay um, it's not going to come from President Trump. <laughs> it's it's possible it could come because of. It's possible it could come because of President, President Trump. Trump. I I do have hope. Do you um, do you feel a sense of purpose? I do. Not all the time. Sometimes I feel lost. Um, but I feel. I feel a sense of purpose um, I feel a sense of who I am and what gets me excited and fired up and um, I feel drawn to that and, and driven by it and I think that I find a sense of purpose in pursuing that, even though it's not always like a specific thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I would say that I don't know if my work at Ruffwork is my life's purpose, but something in the creativity and the written word, I find, I find a purpose there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it sounds to me like you live your life according to some set of values or you, you feel a responsibility towards um, being good or affecting positive change. Um, where do you suppose like that comes from for you and then like where do you suppose it gets disregarded or left behind or, or ignored or something mm-hmm. by some of the people like when we're being like judgmental uh, don't appear to share that um, I think that I do um, have a desire to be good and to be good to our planet and to the, the people on it and there's always an opportunity, of course, to do better. But I, I do really try to be a good person and be a nice person and have a positive impact on the people around me. And I think that that comes from my parents. Um, my mom is, she was a school teacher. She's retired now. Um, and she's incredibly generous um just giving of her time and her energy always helping um she's one of those people that just gives and gives and gives and um much more so than me but i admire that and i'm inspired 
by that she's just very sweet and she's sensitive and she's kind and that all of that's very genuine it's not for any other purpose than just because that's how she is and then my dad um, he he's really uh, he sees the good in people um, and I'm inspired by that and he doesn't judge people and I've learned a lot from watching him um, I think that those things get lost when I think that those things get lost when we're when we're stressed out or dealing with our own problems in life and we're looking for somewhere someone else to put them on we want to um, blame other people compare ourselves to other people they have it so easy blah 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 we end up passing judgment on people um, and I think that that all of those sentiments have a lot more to do with what's going on for us in our own internal lives than what than they do with that other person mm -hmm. because if you think about a time when you're just feeling on top of the world and you know whatever way that may be getting back from a run and getting caught in a thunderstorm and having all the smells and the colors and just feeling this joy then you're not going to judge other people you're not going to look at someone and think bad things about them you're you're way more likely to assume the best about other people so i think that um we get caught up in our own stuff everybody's dealing with something everybody has issues but when we get really attached to those things whether it's our own vanity or self-image or mental health issues or financial issues or work stress or whatever it is then we're much more susceptible to treating other people badly or taking it out on them or projecting our stuff onto them what uh, assuming there's something gives you hope for a better future I'm gonna sound old but the young people <laughs> um, let me think about it a little bit more um, hope for a better future I think I mean anyone that I meet that I see is you know is a good person is trying which really when you think about it is probably most people and we all have pretty big networks of friends and family and we would probably say that most of our friends and family are good people that are genuinely trying um, 
And that gives me hope, especially when friends and family who are good people are not sticking their head in the sand and are um, making the effort to educate the people around them, have hard conversations with the people around them, ask questions, get vulnerable, um, go deep, those kinds of things give me hope. Mm. I think anytime I can have a conversation with someone and, and get really deep, um, that definitely gives me hope. Um, and the young people too. It's <laughs> great. Always the young people. Um, is there anything that you wish I had asked or you have anything to say in closing? Um, I just, I think that um, it's so easy to get caught up in all of the negative things and all of the heartbreaking things and it's important to not ever be content with those things happening and not really ever let up um, not being okay with those things. It's, but at the same time, hope is essential. Having hope is absolutely essential. Otherwise, we're just going to all succumb to the bad stuff and I don't that doesn't sound very hopeful but um, I think as long as I mean it's more than hope too but I think as long as there's hope for something better and a willingness to go out on a limb and take a risk to make things better, then, you know, that that's all we can do. Great. Thanks a lot. Thank you.